On the show, after a long two-month campaign, we've finally found SA's best local oval. The festival of AFL footy has begun, but we don't even know where every game's going to be played yet. And we also don't know how those games are going to be umpired. Plus, we reveal our biggest multi yet. That's the press box. We're back. We're ready to go. Another giant show on the way. Sam Tugwell here. Dale Fletcher with us as well. Jace Kemp is off tonight. And uh, we're ready to rock and roll. Just the two of us, and it should be plenty of fun to come. Dale, welcome to the program. Great man. Yeah, mate. How's things? Uh, I think uh, uh, Jace has so much annual leave owing. Uh, um, he must, <laughs> he must, he must, must take it all. I must have used all of mine up. I know I had uh, ten weeks off earlier in the year, but geez, see, his leave balance must be in the in the positives still. Oh, I don't, I don't know. How he does it. Oh, he certainly uh, gets away with a lot, doesn't he? But um, he's away for the most important week of all the weeks we've had this year because he's been running the competition for the best South Australian local oval. We've had the grand final week gone by. We've found a premier and he's not even here to celebrate. Yeah, that's that's a big farce, isn't it? There always Huge. misses the pointy end of everything. Just oh. everything. Just goes one of the, it's like a footy player who plays the whole year and gets rubbed out for the grand final. Oh, Seriously, it's just not on. But, oh, it, but it's, it's been seriously impressive. Let's um let's <laughs> dive straight into that, Dale. A uh, oh, great man. Um, this was an absolute epic week when it came to our press box uh, grand final for best South Australian local over. We've been looking for it for two months. Port Nalunga and Penishore Oval were in the big dance. It didn't get any damn closer than this. 52% played 48%. The poll was split, bang down the middle for probably six of the eight days the poll was up for. It was swinging back and forth, at, you know, a handful of votes either way. It was just so close, and yet there were 8,000 people deciding who was going to be the greatest uh, ground in the land. And it came down to Port Nalunga, the champions, the people's champions, Porties, Fitzy's men. It was just an incredible finish. Yeah, it definitely was. I think one stage during during the week, uh, I, I checked the poll and I actually did some maths, um, some journo maths, and they actually added up. I think it was like <laughs> two thousand nine hundred votes to two thousand eight hundred and seventy six. Yeah, was, it was that close. With like fifty point one to forty nine point nine. I'm like. He couldn't. Uh, Steven Spielberg couldn't have couldn't have even <laughs> written a better script uh, the, than that. It was a. Uh, oh, oh, I'm going to say it now. Grand final of the century. No, no nothing will beat that. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you, you can forget your 1989. Your uh, West Coast Sydney 05, 06. No, <laughs> no. That uh, Penny Shaw uh, v Port Nolunga 2020 Grand Final of the Century right there. And uh, congratulations uh, to the cockle divers. A lot of cockle diver. Ale getting drink uh, or getting drunk this week, I should say, and uh, maybe that's where uh, our boy uh, Kempy is right now on uh, on Mad Monday or Mad Wednesday. What day is it? Wednesday, <laughs> Mad Wednesday uh, celebrations. Maybe getting uh, cockle diver tattoos and uh, drinking uh, the ale. Maybe, maybe that's where he is. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't blame him. It'd be a bloody one hell of a party. They are going off. <laughs> they campaigned so hard for this. They had Fitzy on board doing videos. Every week uh, that they were up, they had um, cockle diver ale competitions, the giveaways for people who voted, um, so so you could win beer. Um, there was just an enormous groundswell of support from down there, and yet KI, the entire island, got 
got right behind Penishaw and they were storming. They were just as strong and they didn't have any giveaways, nothing flash. It was just a remarkable little fight. And so uh, for our little poll that we put up, and I, and I want to read you these numbers, Dale, because this is just fantastic. This is what our, our two-month campaign covered. We had over 30,000 votes across the entire thing. That was just That just blew me away. It was shared over 2,000 times, which was uh, just incredible. But we reached over a quarter of a million people across South Australia in this time Jeez. period. That, that's, that? the, that's the most damning stat I've got. Quarter of a mil here in SA. Not bad. And a little press box. The, the, the only <laughs> thing that uh, keeps me a little bit flat about that is uh, not too many people actually went to our page and liked it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Next year we got to have some sort of algorithm in there. Maybe we get Mark Zuckerberg on the case that you have to like the page to be able to vote or something oh, like that. Because great when you say all those sensational numbers, a quarter of a million um, <laughs> people reach for the for the for the poll, and then uh, not too many uh, not too many likes on the back end. That's pro- Probably a little, a little bit disheartening, but uh, but 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 we'll soldier on. <laughs> yeah, I wish there was something we could do with that. But uh, anyway, we didn't really. Uh, we if, didn't if nail you our did social vote, media, if you're listening we? to this and you did vote and you don't like our page, <laughs> feel very very guilty right now. Log, log on straight onto Facebook and click like, please. Yep. Otherwise, we know who you are and we'll track you down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the time or capacity to do that. But anyway, you can. That's fine. That's fine with me. Um, as long as we get the likes. Hey, um, let's let's go. Uh, let's get straight off uh, that because it's been a wonderful campaign, but it's not as important as some of the really big issues across the country in sport. And the AFL has, uh, has seen the fixtures sort of released um, sporadically throughout the year, which is un- uncommon. And now we're, we're in the midst of, it's just begun on Wednesday night, 33 games in 20 days. Um, remarkable sort of situation. We're going to footy every single day. Now, Dale, you and I, and even Jace, we're going to struggle to get these podcasts in because we're going to be flat out every single day for the next probably two months because it's not only <laughs> going to be 20 days. It's going to be probably another 20 or so after that as well. Yeah, no, it'll definitely be more than uh, 20 days, I can assure you. But uh, you've got to get through the first 20 days to get to actually to the next 20. So um, <laughs> I, know, I know at work we've cool. been uh, hurriedly uh, looking at the uh, fixture and adapting uh, rosters and uh, and time uh, start times and finish times and when the uh, when, when the games are on and, and where and the time differences and uh, what what we need to do each day and what needs to go in and when the when the round actually ends and when the round actually starts because that changes yeah. it's not the you know the genuine you know Friday Saturday Sunday now so you know there's there's rounds that finish on a Monday and start on a Tuesday and then there's a round I think there's a round that starts in the middle of a weekend or yeah. something like that 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 rings a bell so uh, yeah it's a uh, it's a it's a media it's a nightmare uh, situation, but uh, you in in this in this um, this year and during the pandemic, you you do whatever it takes really to 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 get the season done. And if it if it means two games every day until the season's over, then I, I'm all for it because uh, we need to finish this season and uh, we need to crown a crown a premier without an asterisk. Yes, that's right. And there's just so much to play throughout this. 
Um, like you said, one round goes from Monday to Friday, which is just so bizarre. But yet, it's just what we have to do to get a season away and make sure this game survives, not just at the top level, but also at the grassroots level. Now, the uh, let's talk at our two local teams because we're going to see a fair bit of football here in Adelaide, including actually, before we go on to both the Crows and Power, there's going to be a game here at the Adelaide Oval, uh, which we didn't expect to see, Melbourne versus North Melbourne. Yeah, so uh, round 11, uh, the, the match Melbourne and North Melbourne originally uh, scheduled for Hobart. Uh, Tassie government had locked the doors and up, you're not coming anywhere near us. Uh, off you shoot, F- find another oval. Well, uh, the, the other oval is here, the Adelaide Oval. So it'll be uh, the Sunday of round round 11. I think it's 5.30 or 5.40 start, yep. um, um, which is an- another just this adaptable season. It was, it was like... Yep. Okay. Now it's in Adelaide. Now it's, it comes on to us to to, to cover the game because it's you know it's down the road from us. So yeah. you know this is something else that uh, had to get changed uh, today, literally, where when it came through. So uh, you'll uh, read all about it in the advertiser this morning after while or during listening to this. So um, <laughs> uh, that'll be interesting one. Uh, uh, also, which. Um, for that game is the crowd. I don't know how the crowd's going to go with that. Are they going to lock it up? Is there going to be – surely there's Melbourne and North Melbourne members that live in yeah. Adelaide. Uh, you, you'd be a bit uh, you'd be a bit shattered if you're a Kangas or a De- Demons uh, <laughs> member in, in South Australia and didn't win a ballot for a ticket for that game. So I don't <laughs> I don't think there's 50,000 of them here, surely. Well, well, we, haven't, there is, but... we haven't even filled up 20,000 for any of the Crows or Power games yet, and that's our capacity. No. So I'm sure we'll be uh, seeing uh, at least a nice number of people getting into a North and Melbourne fans here in SA, just like Power fans and other interstate clubs have been able to get along to the Gabba and Metricon for those interstate games too. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so... It, it, and I think uh, it's, uh, this is only the start. I think I think there'll be more than more than just this game. It'll, it'll be more than just a one-off. Um, and uh, and obviously, it's the first ever AFL Premiership match played in Adelaide that doesn't involve the Crows mm. or the Power. So uh, I think there'll probably be a couple more um, in the next uh, fixture cram. Um, you probably think that the other Hobart game will come here too if the first one. Is going to come here, so you think the next one would probably come here as well, North um, Melbourne and Brisbane. And, yeah, so uh, and then the next, then uh, the next fixture cram, you, you you might you might see might see a few more, I reckon. So you you're you're pretty bullish that that's going to happen. The second Blundstone Arena game, the North and Brisbane one, will be here. I'm just going uh, with uh, good old common sense, and uh, yep. as I've said millions of times here, common sense usually doesn't happen. So, uh, <laughs> Probably won't happen, but uh, um, just just going by that, if the if the first Hobart game is going to come here, then surely common sense move is to move the second one here. Common sense uh, doesn't always happen. That's probably no. one. That's something you. That's something you should put on a t-shirt. That's just something you say all the time. <laughs> um, but Melbourne will be staying here for the four days in between uh, their game against the Crows on a Wednesday night, which sounds bizarre, and then for the Sunday game against North Melbourne, they're going to stay here the whole time. Which so a mini hub for for the Melbourne side, which is um, I think the first step towards seeing maybe a, a small hub 
situation uh, a la what they're doing in Perth for interstate clubs into other states. So that's fantastic and uh, it's just trying to slowly progress the game. Also, we've seen um, Queensland shut off uh, their borders to a little bit of Greater Sydney as well, which will be interesting. Uh, Both the New South Wales clubs have to go up to Queensland. So, I mean, there's so much just moving all the time in this league that... There's a lot to keep up with, but that's I can't imagine what the AFL fixture boss, Travis Ald, and the rest of the crew there at AFL House are putting up with. Like Just the constant shifting and changing all the time that puts stress on, on other states to start doing lifting that they didn't expect or want to do. I mean, Adelaide probably wasn't expecting this at all to come this way, that this, this North and Melbourne game. And they probably weren't expecting a second one and probably any more than just Crows and Power games over the next two months. But... They're probably going to have to start carrying their weight now, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. And uh, uh, just having a look at the fixture, after the uh, Melbourne North game uh, in round 11, that round 12 game, you did say uh, North Melbourne and Brisbane, uh, round 12, uh, Adelaide Oval doesn't even host a game. Both the Crows Mm. and the Power aren't in South Australia. Um, North Melbourne can potentially stay if they so desire or if they are allowed to um, um, stay a week and then Brisbane play on the Friday night, I think, in, in round 11 so they can just they can just come in. So uh, there's a – Adelaide Oval is open for the whole of round 12. <laughs> so uh, you'd think North Melbourne and Brisbane in round 12 will be at, at, uh, at the Adelaide Oval. There's a lot of stress on those Queensland ovals as well at the moment. I'm a bit worried for the first test at the Gabba at some stage because the amount of football that's getting played on that, even Port Adelaide got their game moved uh, today um, to Metricon just so they don't put extra wear on that ground because it's just going to be... like Those Queensland grounds are getting absolutely smashed at the moment. Like The MCG's usually expecting a lot of games during winter, but Metricon Stadium, of all places, probably isn't expecting three games a weekend all year long, are they? No, no, and uh, and some of the um, conditions that the games have been played in, like the, the torrential mm. rain and, uh, you know, when you go, when you mix rain with footy boots and wet grass and mud and p- players sliding around and there's three, sometimes four games um, in their um in a certain round, um, yeah, the the grass uh, isn't isn't going to survive. So uh, it it's a uh, well, I think is a, a good move to uh, bring or hopefully increase um, the amount of grounds uh, getting used. Um, there is a bit of bit of whispers I've heard that Cairns could potentially be a hub mm-hmm. for a week or two. Where um, um, they've, they've got a fantastic AFL. Uh, Ground up there, I think it's Kazali Stadium. It's called. Um, so yep. if that can take the the heat off uh, the Gold Coast and uh, and Brisbane for a couple of weeks, that would uh, that would be ideal, uh, especially for uh, all the curators uh, up uh, in up there in sunny Queensland. Yeah, I think Gillan McLaughlin said it'll probably be for three or four weeks. That two teams most likely or uh, will relocate up there. There'll probably be three games to be played up in Cairns. Um, no one's confirmed yet, but it'll probably be after round 12 that something like that will happen. So that'll be interesting just to, as you said, relieve those Queensland grounds. There's a lot of stress going into them. Now, let's moving away from all the AFLs abroad, as we said, we want to talk locally with the Crows and Power. First, let's jump onto the Crows. There's a big story in Brad Crouch we'll get to shortly, but before mm. we do any of that, I made a wild statement. At the time, it seemed wild. Uh, back in June... <laughs> Um, We've clipped it up. We'll play it again right now. This is what I said back in June about the Crows in 2020. I'm already resigned. I'm fully resigned to just accepting we won't win a game this year, and anything more than that will be 
a, a good little success Jeez, to take home. You said the bar lie, haven't you? Far out, not a game this year. Zero. Zero. wins. Zero wins. Um, now, Dale, <laughs> remind me on the 29th of July, 2020, um, six or seven weeks later, what the scoreline is for the Crows at this stage. Uh, it's Crow and eight. Zero and eight. Zippo. <laughs> Donuts, Zippo, nothing. Uh, bagels, what, what else do you want to say? You were shocked at the time, and I was probably a little bit premature with the call, but I did have a weird feeling at that time that we just weren't going anywhere early days. And now, it, look, we might get a win for the year at some stage. Look, I'm happy to revise um, that maybe we'll get a win or two toward the back end of the year because we are improving much quicker than I thought we would be with these younger players. And Maddie Nick seems to have the team going in a nice direction at the moment. They really took it to Essendon on the weekend, got really, really close within a kick. But um, it's it's been hard, dark days for the Crows this year. And I'd like to see where you stand on this. Where, where are the Crows at? And can they potentially still get away with a season uh, that isn't winless? I'm bullish. The Crows, aren't, uh, they'll win a game. They'll win more than one game. You, you can tell that they should have won on Sunday. Like You were there, Sam. You had the best seat in yep. the house. They should have won. They, they played. And, that, and that's the only re, um, reason that I believe that I can think the, the glass half empty is that they potentially might not win a game is because they they were all over Essendon. They had, they well, put it this way, if, if Tom – Dode and Brad Crouch don't get injured. Mm. Crows win easy. Easy. Reckon? Easy. Uh, One goal six in the final quarter, I think it was, for the Crows. That that That's shooting themselves in the foot. So you don't need Brad and Dude there. They're already having kicks at goal. They're just missing. Yeah, well, well you're... One Brody Smith kick away from being wrong, Sam. Yeah, um, that's right. And uh, I don't think he should have even got the ball. I think Tech should have kicked for goal anyway. He shouldn't have handballed it personally, but that's just me. Mm. Um, but but the, thinking that the Crows may not win a game, which I don't think they will. I think they'll win. They'll win a few. But they played a Bombers team where they didn't have Shield, mm-hmm. Stringer, Heppel, um, Hooker. That that's the only thing that can that concerns me. That. Geez, the bombers were pretty light on, um, and uh, but then having said that, you know, Doty goes down, Crouch goes down, no Sloan, mm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, sort of six one half a dozen the other, but the the, the crows the crows will win a game. Well, well, let's put it on put it on right now. Yep. You still reckon zero? I, I, I look, it's not as strong as it was. Uh, six weeks ago, but uh, yeah, I'll back in. The Crows probably won't go on to win it. They've got their best chance to win this weekend against North Melbourne. Like the, Their form is rising as well as it could right now, and North Melbourne are one of the worst teams going around in the comp. So nothing, there couldn't be a better time for the Crows to try and get that first win. So if they can't win this weekend, I'm settled. Zero for the year. Zero if they don't win this week. Well, why not? There isn't a better time. And if you can't beat North Melbourne... When the stars are aligning for you, bad luck for mine. Zero for the year if they can't beat North. So so there's nine games left, isn't there, including uh, this week? Something like that. Yeah, nine. Crows will win three. Okay. Three, I'm going three. And one, one will be this week, you'd think. Have, well, you'd like, surely. Yeah, this is, this is one of those 50-50s they have to take. If they don't take this weekend, you're starting to wonder how are they ever going to conjure a win. Which leads me to believe that Dodie will play because yeah, he, it's he, that close. He, he should play. He should play. He should play, but 
if it's 50 50, he, he's got it's this week. It's they're right for the well, Kangas shouldn't have Kangas shouldn't have lost last week. Like, uh, there was it was one Jasper Pittard fast uh free kick reversal, which actually cost Jared Polak a shot at goal. <laughs> this would have put the Kangas in front and they probably would have kicked away and beaten Carlson. So, uh but uh, no, no, Crows will win three matches uh, coming home on the 29th of July. You can clip that up. Done. When they when they finish the season with four or five wins, I'll be <laughs> I'll be like, <laughs> but uh, nah, no, I, I think uh, yeah, definitely not zero. Jace, I wish Jace was here to get his thoughts as well and see where he was rating the Crows at at this stage. But it is going to be a, a fun little uh, second half of the year with the Crows now home more often and with a crowd. So that will help them as well, um, certainly, going forward. So we'll three, three wins, here we come. We'll watch it happen. And look, I won't be an unhappy man if we do get some wins on the board. <laughs> I'll just be wrong, and that's okay. <laughs> the other one you mentioned just before, Brad Crouch. Um he injured yes. himself a hamstring. I think it's his fourth hamstring injury now um, in his career. He's obviously at the end of the year, as we've all spoken about many times, he's out of contract, and the Crows are probably looking at getting rid of him. Um, they want to move him on, and he probably doesn't want to move. He doesn't want to move on. He'd like to stay in Adelaide and stay at the Crows. So reports were he wanted a five-year deal. He still wants a five-year deal, and there's every chance the Crows are going to want to move him on to get a uh, first-round pick if they can, and that most likely will be somewhere around pick two. So the fact that he's injured himself, that means there's every chance he could be injury-ridden again for later in the year or even when he leaves to go to another club and they might not want him because he has had injuries that aren't hamstring-related uh, as well in the past, including the osteitis pubis, um, which happened about two years ago. So there's all sorts of things that have just come up with him which don't look very uh, friendly to uh, an opposition's medical sheet. So what would you what would you be thinking right now? Is his worth dropping uh, by the week? Well, I think so. Um, here's the conundrum for the Crows. Like, yes, he, he, he did the hammy on the weekend. He'll be out three three or four weeks. Um, with the fixture cramming, that's, what, five, six games, Yep, you'd think? So it's probably, what, there would be three, maybe four games left at best. At the end of the year, uh, if if the they have to start, they've got to make the decision pretty much now. I mm. think, like, the, do we keep him? Uh, do we move him on? Um, and then and then they have to think. Well, if 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 we want to move Brad Crouch on, well, obviously they need to get the the, the most for him. So how, how do we do that? Do we do we keep him? Wrap him up in cotton wool, and and try and sell him off, and, and hope, hopefully a club takes a, a big risk and gives him the five-year, mm. three million, three and a half million, whatever big numbers uh, it, it would be, um, the deal that he wants, and pretty much go uh, sight unseen, and he wouldn't have played for what eighteen months until mm. he runs out in his new new colours, or do the Crows take uh, the other risk, uh, bring him back in? Hopefully has the BOGs in the last three games of the season, and rises his price that way, mm. and then and then um, he becomes a, a commodity that multiple clubs um, are after. So uh, they really got to make the decision now if 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 they want to keep him, uh, wrap him up in cotton wool, and try and get him for the lowest possible price, and uh, sell the. Uh, 
maybe give him the five years, but that, you know, a, chip, uh, minimum chips. a, a hell of a lot less. Yeah. Um, but give him that security or, you know, throw him out, throw him back out there, try and raise his market value or get his market value back up to where it was mm. uh, to get that uh, pick two on that. Because if, if a rival club signs him for not much money, then you can kiss uh, pick two goodbye. Yeah, and that's the thing. You really need to get a high worth out of him. So that's the that's like you said, the conundrum is huge right now for the Crows and whether they, how they deal with this situation. And I'd like to think that Brad can can find the best possible outcome for himself because he's he clearly and from all reports, he really is quite loyal and really does want to stay. Like there's no. There's no two ways about that. We've seen, you know, the levers and the danger fields and things in the past say, you know, I want to stay, I want to stay, and then they go, and it was always inevitable. But there's something with Brad. It's just a genuine feeling of love for Adelaide. He wants to set up camp here for good and doesn't want to go anywhere. But unfortunately, the club is going to probably think otherwise. There's, they've got bigger fish to fry right now as a, as a club, as a collective. They've got to move forward. They've got to think future. And unfortunately, Brad probably isn't in that future. And... On top of that, the midfield battle this year has been something the Crows have really struggled with. They haven't won much at all, um, and that's been seeing a lot of losses because they can't get the footy cleared out of the centre, which then sees them uh, losing a lot of ground advantage and then gets scored against quite frequently. And it's just been a, a tough, tough battle for and for Brad to be in the middle of that. He's the sort of the conductor of the the midfield while or, or around Sloan and the other uh, crouching Matt. It, it again, it, it doesn't work well in his favour because he's not performing at the top like he's been so good at doing in the past, being the conductor in that midfield, winning the footy, uh, making the Crows look great in the midfield, making himself look great. It's just gone backwards, and the Crows can't afford to keep a guy like him in the in the mix if if they've got uh, big big draft picks on the way potentially. Yeah, well, hindsight's, uh, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Maybe uh, maybe the trade last uh, last year that I uh, come up with, maybe they should have uh, put it on the table. Or, or <laughs> if if it was any, well, if he was anywhere near the table last year, Brad Crouch, I wonder if if the Crows sort of uh, um, look back on the, that time and went, oh, geez, uh, might have got a little bit more for him uh, uh, around uh, November last year than uh, we probably will get uh, for him November this year. All right, let's move on into Port Adelaide, your territory. Uh, they've got a game on Thursday night, so you'll be listening uh, probably the day of. And uh, this is going to be a pretty important game. Two rather good clubs right now in the competition, uh, performing strongly. So the D's up at the Gabba, essentially their home game uh, against uh, your mob. How do you think this is going to play out? Yeah, well, uh, I'm I'm very, very scared about this. After, uh, after Peter Adams' effort... Well, lack of effort, I should oh, say. Question uh, the effort against, already against uh, Paddy Ryder and Rowan Marshall uh, against St Kilda in in a game that uh, well the, the the Port Adelaide's of the early two thousands just wouldn't have lost. They just would have come out and taken care of business, um, won by five or six goals and moved on. But this this Port Adelaide team uh, still haven't got that that. Uh, that focus or that uh, steely eye look to you know take take the game by by the scruff of the neck and they, they had it too straight after half time they butchered it really they should have blown it out of the water but uh, and that was even with Laddams getting a bath he got a he got a bath <laughs> he did one hundred percent bath and whatever whatever coins or dollar bills that Scotty lost that is getting paid by Port Adelaide they are worth 
every single cent because that was just that was just domination. And for tonight or Thursday night, for Peter Adams to come up against Max Gorn, mm. who's clearly a lot better than Paddy Ryder and Rowan Marshall. Oh dear! I I I hope the Port Adelaide midfielders know how to uh, rove to uh, Max Gorn taps because I reckon he could have a hundred. He yeah. could have a hundred hit outs. <laughs> if if if, if, there's, if if there's that if there's a hundred ball ups, oh. you'll get a hundred hit outs. It, it, it's overreaction. It's frightening. Overreaction, but yes, I mean we saw him against uh, Carlton, and um, I know it wasn't the strongest of ruck battle against uh, Laddams at the time, but he did look good and he looked great around the ground, and so people were optimistic. And then last week, yeah, as you said, dismal in comparison. So this will be a really big challenge for him in the midfield battle, as you said there for um, the D's and power. It's going to be Oliver. Um, it's going to be Viney. It's going to be Petrarca. You know, Salem, you know, Brayshaw, gee whiz. Uh, that's uh that that's scary. And especially when you're kicking they'll they'll be bombing in long and the the, the power defense isn't all that tall as uh, as Brisbane uh, showed uh, a few weeks back when uh, uh Port's first loss of the year. So mm. uh yeah, the, the, the midfield is key and uh, and Laddams was great last year too. I remember he played two good great games in a row, but they were against Sydney who didn't have a Ruckman, and Essendon, who didn't have a Ruckman. And then they left Lysett out on form and put Laddams up against Todd Goldstein and North Melbourne won by 100 points. Mm. So, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, Melbourne, uh, you, you, well, I think well, I've got a multi for, t- for, just about for, the, yeah, for Thursday's game. So I want to see this. You've built a multi which is massive. It is. It's huge. So I, I'm uh, – First of all, I, I go into a sports bet. I knew I knew we were recording Wednesday mm-hmm. night, so yep. I've gone. Oh, we'll, we'll need a multi. So I had a look, and uh, instead of doing the games, the game. What are we? One we're, out of forty-six or something? Yeah, Dis- we're, disgraceful. We're crap at footy tipping. So uh, let's go the same game, same game multi, because nice. we, we, we've had a bit, a bit of success recently. Uh, uh, with that, well, Jace would have had success if yes. Todd Marshall knew how to kick a goal from the goal square, but uh, that's, <laughs> no, that's for another episode. But yeah. uh, so for tonight, or for Thursday night, uh, Melbourne versus Port Adelaide, I've got this uh, multi. We'll we'll post it. Um, yes, let's do that. On we'll, our we'll, no, we'll, Sam will post it because I still haven't got the password to uh, <laughs> Twitter. So, the, um, <laughs> so uh, here we go. Uh, so first of all, I'm I'm going Melbourne to win is the first oh, league. Wow. So Melbourne are two. Melbourne are two dollars thirty-five. I just, the top. I just co- collapsed when I saw that. I went, "Geez, that's two dollars thirty-five." Bang! I'll, I'll take that. Uh, Clayton Oliver will get more than twenty touches. Okay, we have twenty touches at half time. I reckon. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Jack Viney will get more than fifteen touches. That's mm-hmm. a given. Yep. Uh, Darcy Byrne Jones will get more than fifteen touches yep. because it's going to be down in Port Adelaide <laughs> defence a lot. So he, he'll get a lot of ball. Uh, and that's my same reasoning why Hamish Harlett will get 15 oh. or more disposals. Now, there's a little bit of Port Adelaide flavour here. I reckon Keziah Pickett will kick a goal. Oh, wow. All right. Here we go on there. Against, 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 uh, against uh, the power. And the two other anytime goal stores I've got Kane Farrell and the bow and arrow will come out, Xavier Dersma. Dersma. So. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight legs. Wow! For you people, and uh, hopefully they're all ticked off by half time. 
So, so <laughs> except what is for it? Melbourne winning, of course, well, which uh, obviously we'll have to wait to the final. So, time. so what does this pay out? Because that is, um, there's a lot of goal scorers there who are kind of left of centre. You know, Dersma, Farrell, Pickett—they're all not your go-to sort of Dixons and all that sort of thing. So, what's this paying, please? It's uh, paying one hundred and five dollars <laughs> for <the> for one dollar. <laughs> That's saying something right there. <laughs> so, um, no, I like it. I like <laughs> it so much like it. that uh, I put five dollars on. Oh, uh, five! So we're going to get half a grand back. <laughs> you are anyway, <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah. So hopefully, the the, the Port Adelaide uh, um, beanie that I'm uh, not wearing at the moment because I <laughs> threw it on the ground Saturday night and haven't found it since. Um, <laughs> hopefully seven of those legs get up and the one the leg that doesn't get up is Melbourne winning. Oh, and I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be, well, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you don't get your money, but you get a win, which is all that matters for you. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's, that's not bad. Well, there's an early multi. We won't have to put it at the end of the show anymore because there it is. But uh, a bit different, we've moved away from footy tipping, which is just uh, something we've clearly worked out as a full-blown weakness of ours. We haven't got <laughs> a full week correct for probably the last 40 weeks. So I'm glad we've changed tack and we can maybe get inside a game that we know a little bit about. We're not pros, but uh, we might know something. Now, Dale, please, before we move on, because I want to talk NBL with you very quickly... There yes. was something I saw in the paper over the weekend which sort of just mm-hmm. caught my eye and I thought I have to ask you about this. Um, yep. And I know it came out of Melbourne so you weren't directly sort of involved with a lot of it but I'm sure you can help me out. People would have seen the top 100 rich list, uh, the AFL uh, top paid players in the papers over <laughs> the weekend uh, and we saw from number one all the way to 100, the top 100 players um, and what they're earning this year. Now, I would like to ask you a few questions, if that's okay, about the legitimacy of uh, the numbers and, and the entire uh, ranking system that you've put together, please. So are you happy to talk about this? Yeah, far away. I had uh, pretty much, uh, as you said, uh, nothing to do with it, but it, uh, <laughs> it is, uh, <laughs> there, there, was an, there was an AFL Top 100 and an NRL Top 100, so I went to well, went Australia-wide. And, uh, yeah, so uh, obviously the... Well, cast of uh, journalists and reporters have been uh, on on the phones. So the journalists um, uh, constantly on the phones to uh, player managers and uh, you know forecasting you know future deals and you know the Brad Crouch's manager for for example probably take calls daily, yeah. probably multiple calls daily. So uh, it's just yeah, trying to get uh, as close to the actual number as we could obviously it's um not uh, set in stone uh, that is sort of that was why there was ranges there yeah. so it's a roundabout uh, mark but uh yeah so something interesting something for the oh, oh, i believe for, for a talking point for the fans and you know if you know said player is getting paid x amount and they're you know not pulling their weight or they're actually playing better than what they deserve or you know could uh could some of your the best players in your club that aren't getting paid as much could get poached by other clubs? Mm. So it's a, I think it's a good talking point. Well, I'd like to know how long this took um, for you guys to assemble. That's a, there's a lot of players to get through in the AFL, and then obviously the NRL as well. You've done over in the Eastern States, and then compile all the lists and then publish them all. It would have taken a long time. Was this a sort of start a season project? 
Yeah, it's probably uh, it'd be months more than weeks. I would say not not uh, not uh, being involved uh, exp- explicitly w- with uh, with the project. It, it'd definitely have have a, a month's uh, time frame on it rather than uh, rather than weeks. And and, and obviously, the, the another factor um, onto this is the whole pandemic and the COVID and getting you know fifty mm, percent less or twenty yep. percent less or this and that and. There's a lot of deals that are front-ended and back-ended, so you could have uh, a, a player that that's on a million-dollar contract, but only getting three hundred thousand this year, which mm. and seven hundred next year, and that could be down to one hundred and fifty. There's so many permutations, mm. so it's a it's a list of you know around about where we think uh, each footballer is uh, is getting paid um, in. Um, 2020. Well, you are, you answered a couple of my questions just before when you said the accuracy is, you know, it's around about the mark. It's not spot on because, you know, they've got little ranges. And you said that reporters were talking to a lot of managers. So that's, you know, the main source of where these numbers were coming from. It's not from AFL House or anything. So they're not exactly spot on. But what I do want to ask you is we spoke a few weeks back about um, Mark Rusciuto and his comments on radio and uh, and, and how we, we said the publicity... Um, around player um, wages is probably a bit unfair. Um, I'd love to know, because you said it was more for a talking point and something to sort of um, look at and, and, and you know, critique, if you like, in ways um, through the paper, but is it was it fair for you guys to print something which is, is quite personal to a lot of players, that what they're earning um, in a particular year, especially in COVID times when... Uh, 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 what you're earning is is quite a touchy subject when a lot of people aren't earning much at all. Well, yeah, well, that's uh, well, that's one of the talking points, isn't it? Really? Mm. So, and we're talking about it. So, um, it's uh, it's tick the box right there. Um, but is that and, is that uh, is that an ethical thing to to say? Well, I think so, especially if um, you know, well, you read um, read on the website, you know, LeBron James's numbers and mm. Stephen Curry's numbers, and you know. Um, uh, what was the baseball gridiron? You know, if it if if it's and it, for Australian sports, uh, they're they're moving or they want to move so quickly or to get to that American level mm. or American status. Um, I think that this is one of the next moves. Like, you know, there's the, the salary caps just as there is uh, over in the states. Obviously, the states' salary caps are. A, Little bit uh, bigger yeah. <laughs> than our little glove boxes that we have, but yeah. um, um, you know, if it, if if it's good enough, if it's good enough for LeBron James to everyone know that he's on thirty million a year, then is I'm sure there's you know nine to five workers in 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 America that uh, will still be up in arms saying that you know LeBron James only bounces and shoots a basketball and he gets thirty million. <laughs> why I'm only on you know minimum wage when yeah. I. I'm arguably working harder than him. So, um, well, I'll pose this question then instead, because I I think in the states it's kind of a it's kind of common practice that we see wages like that get publicised. You know, going into the game that if you're playing in the states, you're probably going to have your your wage made public at some point in your career, um, and that's going to happen throughout your career. Whereas in Australia, it's sort of been uh, much of a culture of hey, that's not that's not okay. And then also. The fact that it sounds like if if it were managers or whoever the numbers came from, um, this was not from the players themselves or their managers themselves. So clearly they didn't want to make it public. So I'm I'm just interested that 
it it seems like something that's a little bit more um, unethical than what than what could have been. And I understand you guys have you've done it and you've ticked everything off, and it seems to be okay to do. But I've I've always just thought since we've had this conversation before, maybe it wasn't quite the best way to go about it. Yeah, well, well obviously it's uh, people people will love it and people will hate it, and that's the pretty much the notion now of what of our business really mm. uh, anything that we publish uh, either people are going to really really love or or really really hate or have ha- have an opinion on so um and obviously there's the, there would be wages in there that are ro- spot on right on the money there'd be ones that are, are wrong uh, a bit wrong uh, maybe some way wrong maybe overpriced underpriced you know so it was just, it was just a range and a a fascinating or talking point for mine. There, we were trying to. I know personally when we were talking about when it was going to come out. Well, we were just talking in the office about you know who's going to be one. You know, did did Jeremy Cameron's deal get ticked off before COVID? Was he going to be number one? You know, mm. um, you know, where's the buddy deal at? We, you know, what well, that was massively front ended. He might be down the list now. Um, people would. Would probably just think, oh well, Buddy's getting ten million for nine years, so he must be up the top. But you know, it, you know, it could be front ended or back ended, stuff like that. So, um, and then obviously there was the big Dusty contract where he nearly went to North Melbourne, um, and then he stayed at Richmond, and um, and the, there's all these questions, and especially uh, now with with the Collingwood situation with the Goey and Darcy Moore coming out of contract, you. you do Collingwood have enough money to keep them? Because there's salary cap. Uh, so there's all these questions. Um, so if we're just trying to do do a little bit of the sums, if we get to get a range of what uh, each player is sort of worth or roundabout mark, and uh, and uh, and move on from there. So um, now it was a great talking point. And uh, oh, what is it? It's been five days since it's been up. We're still arguing about it. <laughs> well, it's only because it's five days since uh, we could have recorded this show anyway. <laughs> but uh, no, well done answering those questions. I wasn't sure how you're going to react, so I'm glad we got that out of the way and uh, you did that very well. Now, let's talk quickly before we go to Pass or Fast, which is jam-packed today. The NBL, mate, free agency finished the other day, um, but uh, what's come out the other end is one of, your, one of the Melbourne clubs, in fact, your club, Melbourne United, has been COVID-struck. Yeah, it's uh, it was just uh, uh, um, breaking news on Wednesday that uh, uh, Mitch McCarron and Joe Lawul Archul, uh, two Melbourne United superstars in in my book, um, uh, tested positive for coronavirus. So, uh, what um, um, what uh, the Melbourne United and and Southeast Melbourne Phoenix are both been uh, scrimmaging uh, in. In uh, not against each other, um, using the same venue yep. um, to run uh, open uh, training sessions. So um, for e- everyone uh, down that's in Melbourne, you know, you could tick it off. Vince Gravelli come out and pretty much on Wednesday and said how the process of you know you could not get in, you had to tick off. You know, they were trying to get to why or did did um, McCarran or Archul catch it, you know, somehow in the stadium. Did did they just unfortunately catch it out in public, and then they've brought it in, trying to getting get to the bottom of it right now. But obviously now, uh, the Phoenix and United they've 
clearly they've shut everything down and uh, in quarantine and stuff like that. And you can't can't there be no uh, no basketball training or no uh, shots or um, uh, runs uh, happening for Phoenix uh, or United. So uh, um, yeah, that's uh, pretty disappointing. Uh, Hopefully the two boys recover beautifully. And uh, Aaron Baines, your boy, Phoenix Suns, mm. uh, he's he's had coronavirus and he's um, he's survived so um, uh, as well. So um, yeah, so it just goes to say that you know the virus doesn't pick um, no. anyone. So you could be NBL, NBA superstar, or just be a Joe Nobody. Um, really, if. Uh, Everyone's got to be super vigilant, and uh, especially in Victoria. Oh, and I was right. actually quite surprised that uh, the Phoenix and United could actually keep that's, playing in in this uh, yeah. situation. So I don't, I don't know how they got that. That was exactly what off, I was going to ask but, you: um, was how did that even continue? Well, I mean, we're so far out from the season; it is so unnecessary and non-essential right now, and yet they somehow were getting together in groups to play a, a shared ball sport. Um, it's not like it's tennis where you can hit a ball and you don't have to touch the same thing and your distance and all that sort of stuff. It's it's basketball. You're up against pushing against bodies. You're using the same ball. Um, you're sweating out there. There's like similar facilities. You're all in very close proximity. It's not a sport with much social distancing at all in a state where COVID is it's rife. Yeah, I, I, that that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, how how are they still allowed to play? And uh, obviously, they must have got uh, the uh, green tick of approval from mm. from someone or somebody or some government uh, 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 official or something allowed it uh, to keep happening. Um, but uh, yeah, probably uh, won't be happening uh, anytime uh, anytime soon. You'd think, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one and. and a, a conundrum really for Phoenix and United because with the situation in Victoria and, you know, the people are talking about no Boxing Day tests, mm. no Australian Open, Phoenix and United will have to be thinking, well, we're not playing at home this yeah. season. We'll, we'll, we will not be playing at home. So, and uh, with free agency still, you know, in, at the back end of still trying to get um, – well, somehow get American imports into the country. I can't see how uh, that's going to work <laughs> into Victoria. But uh, just to actually attract uh, talent uh, to to those two Victorian teams, it's going to be a little bit tougher, even though they've both made big signings uh, in the last couple of weeks. Well, let's talk about American imports because this is something that uh, pricked your ears when you were listening to the Aussie Hoopla podcast um, just a few days ago. Connor Henry, who is the 36ers head coach this season, the new head coach, um, he said something about um, asking about the current situation with the, the point guard, um, which the Sixers haven't signed yet. Obviously, Jerome Randall. Uh, let's talk about him staying on uh, at some point or coming back at some stage during the season. Just have a listen. He uh, goes over all of it. Jerome Randall, is he a part of the team's future? He's not. We are focused uh, in going another direction, and he will, he will not be returning. We are looking for a U.S. guard to throw in the mix with Josh and Sunday Detch. We don't know if that uh, U.S. guard is going to be younger or a veteran. We're still going through that process. So clearly, 
Connor Henry, our Sixers coach, is looking at a American import for that point guard position. That is all good and well. Most years, that would be fantastic. And we have those sort of high standards. My, I've got a bit of beef. And like you said there, Dale, that is a, a really important spot. And the American import situation, it might not be possible for the NBL this year to get Americans over that easily. Um, with with COVID being rife over in the States as well. Um, so, I mean, it's all good and well to say, let's fly him here, we'll quarantine him all good, but we are pretty strict about international flights right now. Like, there's not a lot of that happening at all. And for an, exem- an exemption for just some basketball is it's pretty ridiculous, I would have thought, in the government size. So there'd have to be a fair bit of water going under the bridge before that gets ticked off as something is okay for Americans to come into the country. But all the while... There was, and, and I'm not going to say this was an option, but this was one that really peeved me off, was we saw the Hawks, uh, formerly Illawarra, Illawarra, sign a South Australian young gun in Isaac White just uh, last week, I think it was. He's a South Australian born and bred. Absolute jet of a kid. He's a young shooting guard, point guard sort of player. He's not too tall, but he's very skillful. Um, went over to the States, played some college ball, I think it was, um, and did really well, came back, and now he's found himself an NBL team to play in. And he's picked up by the Hawks. I mean, we could have done so much better to pick him up and develop him into a really, really big-time um, player for us in the future. And it could have replaced um, a possible point guard spot as well, uh, which is what we need right now. Yeah, 100% right. Uh, Sixers have done it again. It's uh, fast, really, um, <laughs> missing out on uh, on Isaac White. But uh, Isaac White went over. He, he played at Stanford. So uh, Stanford University, is, uh, it's right up there. It's with your North Carolinas and your Dukes, and it, it, it is pristine. Um, mm. um, prestige, I should say, uh, college uh, in America. And it was coming into his senior year. He was actually transferring out of Stanford to go – to another college where he was going to get the starting role and obviously um, um, sh- show his wares because, you know, there's one thing playing for Stanford and there's one thing sitting on the bench at Stanford. Yeah. So uh, you, you can't uh, really show your skills when you're waving the towel at the end of the bench where <laughs> I was all of my uh, so-called amateur <laughs> basketball career. Um, so – and obviously, with the with the COVID situation, you know, the the may not be an NCAA season. So, mm. you know, come home, turn pro, uh, probably a, a, would have been a year early. Uh, I'll give the thirty sixes an out, thinking that he might be back next year, and he might they might have been um, on their radar for next year. But uh, surely they would have had to be do their due diligence and. Uh, with, with all this pandemic happening and just, just ask the question, are you thinking of coming home? And to have someone like Daniel Dillon, who's nearly as old as me, uh, they, I, know, I know he's a great player and has been to grand finals, and, but didn't have uh, didn't set the world on fire last year, probably one injury away uh, from career being over. Mm. I, I know he's got a deal, but Isaac White clearly is a better option. I believe than Daniel Dillon for the future as well. I just it shocked me. It's clearly rocked you a little bit too. That it's just surely from the moment he leaves the state to go to the US, someone from the Sixers is going. That kid in four to five years is playing for us. Let's get in there now. Like you just look at. I knew watching the Premier League a few years back, what 2016, 2017, when he was still here with Sturt. 
that he was going to be a jet. He was 18, I think, then. He's 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 gone to the states. He's matured. He's played big time basketball. He's coming back, and now he's playing for an interstate team. When and he, and he could play there for a few years, and he could end up becoming a franchise player for him. Who knows? I'm sure he might come home at some stage, but it might not be you know that easy. I really think we missed the boat, and you know he's one of many players that in the past we've missed, and now we're putting all our eggs in our basket for a US import, which may not happen. Now, I'd like to think that, you know, the veterans and the young players we're looking at over there are going to be great options, but regardless, it might not happen. And that's that's really not what we want right now, a situation which is so uncertain. Yeah, well, I think, I think it will happen. I'll, 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 uh, your fears, uh, uh, I'll, 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 I'll settle them because um, uh, Connor Henry's flown into the country. He's here. So um, if... If, if the coach is essential, then surely the starting point guard is a little bit more <laughs> essential than the coach. I would have thought. Um, so you, you know, precedence there. So the, whoever the Sixers recruit, and it might be Shelvin Mack, it might be mm-hmm. um, if uh, if he flies in, but uh, or if anyone flies in, they'll, they'll be here, and they'll be clearly be here in time and stuff like that. Well, um, the Hawks also sign uh, Tyler Harvey. Um, uh, their import guard. Uh, they had 58 points in the G League, so probably knows how to put the ball in the basket. But uh, um, on the White situation, you're 100% right. The Sixers have, have done it for, not for years, for decades. The, the Sixers missed out on Brad Newley. Uh, Joe Ingalls, you know, went to the South Dragons. Uh, Brad Newley went to Townsville. Oscar Foreman left. Jacob Holmes left. Yep. Uh, you can... Cast of name Ben Madgen played for the Kings and the Phoenix. There's our man Peter Hooley came back and played for Melbourne United and beat the Sixers in the grand final. <laughs> there's, there's names galore, and uh, as Sixers fans will say, Oh, hang on, or oh, Alex Majonia, yes, got that right, Alex yeah. Majonia. But uh, two or three years ago, people were saying that Isaac White and Alex Majonia were going to be the backcourt for the 36ers for the next 10 years, That's right. and uh, got one. Should have got two. Probably, I think we'll get Isaac White this time next year. I think he's only on, only on a one-year deal. Okay. You would like to think that after this season, Jeff Van Groningen is on the phone to Isaac White or Isaac White's manager because you can't ring Isaac White straight <laughs> uh, directly and, uh, and and get him home. But, uh, but then he's had – one year getting coached by uh, one of the greatest coaches of all time. So mm. might be pretty hard to uh, to lure back home. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one to sort of keep uh, our eyes on over this little journey. Now, let's uh, move away from all of this and let's get a little less serious. It's time for Pass or Fast. Can we get an ironing board out there on the sideline? Absolutely get... farcical. It's farcical. 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 We're playing out of farce. It's a farce. It is. The rules are a farce. What a farce. Farcical goal. That sounds farcical. 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 It's a bit of a farce. It's a disgrace. Oh, it's getting so long, it's not even funny. (laughs) (laughs) Now, right. Big, big board this week. Now, uh, big Dale, board this week. Now, Dale, before before you get into your big board of uh, of of parcel farce, I've got one. I've got one early. I want to throw you away. You're hijacking. Me. I'm I'm hijacking from from the top. Ooh. Right here we go. Jeez, this better be good. This is this is this has been quite good. I'm looking I'm looking through Facebook during the week. I'm uh, I'm just sort of scrolling through, and I get a notification uh, from a mate, and he's tagged us both 
in uh, in on a page which is called We Are Port Adelaide. It's clearly a Ooh, yeah. a fan page on a, on Facebook, <laughs> oh, and no. it has is clipped up a tweet from Dale Fletcher zero seven on Twitter, and it says. <laughs> Anyone keen for 2004 again? Question mark. And there's a table of the top four of uh, of the ladder this year: Port Adelaide, Brisbane, Geelong, St Kilda. It looks exactly like the 2004 ladder. And all I can take away from this is, mate, you're a meme. You've become a meme <laughs> online. How did this happen? Global trending. and trending, aren't I, JB? Trending. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't believe that. Really, uh, farce for, for a start. Uh, <laughs> farce. Uh, well, I just saw it and went, "Oh, that's that's pretty cool." Uh, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just tweet that, thinking, you know, I'll, you know, get a. Oh, I don't. Know, clearly would like it, and oh, and yes. you would dislike it, and Kemp, Kempy would love it, and that's about it. We'd move on. But <laughs> I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you that that tweet. Has I got 154 likes and three three retweets and some replies that <laughs> have to be heard to be believed. Oh, go on, read through them. So one of them is somehow Eric Hipwood versus Tom Jonas swinging haymakers in the goal square isn't as appealing as much as Lynch versus Wakeland. <laughs> <laughs> Could you see Eric Hipwood throw that? No. <laughs> no, thanks. Bring back Lynch. <gasps> oh, boy. Uh, and then there's a few there, There's a few sort of along the same theme saying, I prefer 2007, 119 yes. points, yes. tops, you know, yeah, everything like want. that. Which, you know, yeah, that's we, good. You know, um, uh, if, you know, if, if this year, if Geelong play in the – do you don't want to play Geelong in the grand final again? Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> You know, Ken Hinckley is a Mark Williams. Yeah, you, and the, oh. it just—it was just absolutely. Oh, and it was—it was just gold, really. And I—I I, just—it was very—it was very. Um, well, I just saw it and went, "Geez, that's that's pretty cool." I'll, Mate, you've got. I'll just post that, and then and geez, my phone blew Face, up. Face, Facebook here. This post that I was talking about, seven hundred and seventy likes already. I'm I've been scrolling that whole time. You've been talking through the comments section. It doesn't stop. There is no <laughs> bottom. There's no end. It just people are tagging like mad. They are commenting, thinking it's probably going to be oh four again. You have you have just thrown the bait. And people are hook, line, sinker, thinking it's a legit... Mate, this is fantastic. You are a meme. This is magnificent. I mean, kudos to you. Well done for creating content that good that you've become a meme. I love it. And uh, and the big brother producers that are listening, because they are listening, I am now a meme. So there's another reason. Oh, for goodness sake. To get sake. me in there. To get me in there. Get on right. with Barcel Fast. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll get back to uh, to, to the seriousness of parcel fast. Not, not too much seriousness about it. Uh, but I'll keep on the Port Adelaide theme because we love talking about Port yeah. Adelaide here. I know Tuggers loves talking about Port Adelaide. Sure. Uh, what about the Port fan getting caught on live TV blowing up at the umpires? <laughs> Fast or fast? That was a beauty. That one, uh, past for mine. They look. The umpiring was pretty poor at one point during the game. I reckon it was like a little five-minute period during the third quarter where it was just horrific. And I'm not an umpire basher, but it was 
pretty bad. Well, you're an umpire. It was pretty bad for a small uh, period of that game, and the fans, I could hear all 20,000 of them, and it felt like 50,000 were in the ground. So, um, a good job. And that bloke, that one bloke was... Um, unfortunately singled out because I reckon there were hundreds and thousands around the ground doing exactly the same thing but a big pass for mine it's uh, just unfortunately he happened to be the one <laughs> who would have thought a Crows fan would pass a uh, Port fan going off at the umpires who would have thought <laughs> well, not, you're horror. not the only ones <laughs> <laughs> hold the back page people hold the front page um, oh. big fuss big oh, fuss what uh, on a on on Numerous levels. Why? Uh, the first farce is I've been reliably informed that people thought that was Hutto. That, was no, <laughs> that doesn't even look like Hutto for a start. He didn't look anything <laughs> like him. It doesn't even look like Hutto. Shout out to Jake uh, Hudson. The, the, the only thing close about that um, being Hutto is Hutto would have been doing exactly the same thing <laughs> as as that fan. Oh. And uh, I was probably doing exactly the same thing as well because it was just through – it was a passage of play. It was – I can tell you exactly when it was. It was the start of the last quarter. Sam Powell Pepper had four goes. He was the only one going for the ball. Mm. He went there four times. The fourth time he stuffed it up and uh, got pinged holding the ball. The only ball player got pinged. 50 goal game over. Yeah. Q rant. <laughs> Fast. <laughs> You're just emotionally invested. That's all this is. <laughs> uh, that was great. I uh, loved it. Yeah. Um, next one, uh, we'll, uh, we'll go to another uh, press box family uh, person. Uh, Graham Corns, again, oh. is in Parcel Fast. But this week, I just saw you're scrolling social media and see my meme. Well, I saw, I don't I, I forget who posted it, but I Jared saw Walsh. Jared Walsh there. He did. Yep. He probably would have because he was in, in, in the actual studio. Yeah. So he probably was, uh, probably was him because he was there. He was. Cornsy's microphone skills, <laughs> Parcel Fast. Pretty bad. Uh, you have to see it to sort of understand where we're going. He's got. We've got these little things. I'll even unclip it off my mic at the moment. You can hear that. That's a. This is. There's a little round circular thing which sort of goes in front of your microphone. As I clip it back in, um, that clips on to the top of your microphone so that no uh, spit and saliva gets on the mic, and it's called a mic popper. And it's just yeah, it's just a little uh, film um, that sort of sits over the top. So yeah, in COVID times. We're all nice and safe when using all the same microphones. Cornsy, however, is holding it around like it's some sort of monocle above his eye while he's talking into the microphone because he doesn't have a little stem thing that comes off the top of the mic to pl- to clip it into. And so he's, he's essentially just breathing all over the microphone, which is totally unhygienic and, not, and, and uh, completely against the point of the whole thing. So... Cornsy, massive farce. You've been in this game for 25 years, mate. You should know how to use a mic popper. You've been using them your whole life. Oh, boy. Oh, and, and shout out to best team men and Jared Walsh for capturing it. It was quite a funny moment. <laughs> Fuck, Cornsy, farce. Seriously, <laughs> come on, stud. Like, you know, like, I remember when KG and stud was, were on our show. Yeah, end of the Christmas special. <laughs> Stud had the the uh, the headphones on with the microphone attached, and then he was actually talking into another microphone that wasn't even connected. <laughs> so, gee oh, whiz. And, and I, I don't want to I, I don't want to bring it up, but I'll just say 
Lance Armstrong. That's yep. it. <laughs> That's not good um, to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> so at least the microphone was on. Just didn't hold it properly. It just anyway. didn't, it didn't do it properly. Uh, episode 38, <laughs> if you want to go back and listen to KG and Cornsy in our catalogue. <laughs> episode yeah. 38, <laughs> ripping chat too. And there may or may not be F-bombs in that. So oh, uh, yes. Yeah, well, there's a little teaser for the you. the only episode of the press box that's got F-words in it. The only yeah, one. And, <laughs> and they're about 25 seconds apart. Too, they're worth so, it. Uh, go and find them. Episode, <laughs> episode 38, it's a ripper. <laughs> Rightio, uh, next one. We'll we'll go over to the states, and I love I love new franchises get, coming into to competitions. There's obviously the Tassie NBL team mm. now, and they're trying to pick a name, and they're going out to the public to send in their names, and then there's going to be a vote and everything like that. But uh, Seattle, Seattle, they lost the Supersonics. They lost the Seattle Supersonics, yeah, and they became the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that was diabolical. But Seattle now have a national sporting team again. And it's in the ice hockey, the NHL. So uh, they've come up with a nickname and uh, it's called the Kraken. Ooh. So Seattle Kraken, pass or fast. That's a great name. I'm a big pass here. And I don't know if I'm a little biased because you said that they finally got a national team. They've, they've already got the Seattle Seahawks in the NFL. So I follow them very closely. They're my team. And I love them. So I'm a little bit biased when I say the Seattle Kraken come to town in the hockey. And I've never followed NHL in my life. So I've got now a team to follow because I want to get around a, another Seattle team. So the Kraken, uh, I love the name. I think it's it's got a real um, oh, it's sort of you know the Loch Ness monster sort of feels like a more evil version, and it's got a cool um, uh, big logo which is a sort of a tealy red colour monster sort of thing going. on. Oh, I love it. Nah, big pass from mine. Is it teal in colour? It's it's a it's like yeah like a light blue, not quite teal, but it's almost there. Oh, if it was teal, it was a pass. But no, nah, <laughs> now it's a fast. Uh, fast. You don't like the Kraken. What's wrong with that? Kraken. Is it like a roast pork? Is that the logo? Oh, it's bloody Kraken. crackling, you idiot. Come on. It's, seriously. It's the Kraken. Kraken. It's great. Kraken. Oh. Film a Kraken, maybe. It's number one ticket holder. <laughs> Film a Kraken? No. That's a uh, oh, real geez. 12th man stuff there. Love it that. Is. Okay. The next one is, uh, well, this one has just hit uh, Australia by storm uh, this week, and uh, it has to be in parcel fast. And uh, I'm just going to say right now, Karen, pass or pass. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> so we're probably going down the line of Bunnings, aren't we? Uh, actually, before we go down that path, Bunnings brought back their sausage sizzles, their, their Bunnings snags back during the week, I think it was. So, oh, I bet huge, you they didn't bring back the onions. Huge tick, huge tick to Bunnings, bringing back the Bunnings snag. Fantastic. Um, yeah, the onions thing, we'll leave that alone. But Karen's... <laughs> Going in and filming themselves in Bunnings. Oh boy, that that bird is uh, she is off the spectrum. Yeah, or in fact, she is on the spectrum. Maybe I don't know either one, but she's um, she was she was psychic or something. Oh, she's I'm sick of people. Massive fast, by the way, massive fast because people who think they are so much smarter than everyone else think they can activate all these rights that they think they've got in a pandemic. When people are just trying to look out for each other, I mean, give us a spell. These people are just morons. So, now, farce, farce, giant farce. Karen is a farce. That's it, the end. <laughs> and it? I think... Close uh, the book. And I bet you, if you go go to a house, she's got all the toilet paper. 
<laughs> I think Every that's where chance. it is. I think if you if you put two and two together, or is it called the Seattle Karens? Oh gee, no, cracking that. <laughs> I'm jumping off if they're called the Karens, mate. Jumping off. Bad marketing move. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that would be absolutely sensational. If uh, if someone is that sort of like reverse marketing, or <laughs> do you want your team to survive? Well, you get you want publi- any publicity is good publicity, they say these Not- days, and it's surely gee, well, get this, some. Uh- <laughs> this Karen certainly didn't have good publicity. <laughs> And uh, I'm sure you and I, Sam, both know Karens that are uh, lovely, lovely women out there. Mm. So to all the, 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 the nice there's ones. There's always one yes. that messes up for, for, for the rest. So uh, I saw to, all, to all the tens of millions of Karens out there that are uh, genuine, uh, uh, decent uh, human beings, uh, we applaud you and uh, maybe just don't say what your name is for a couple of weeks. I, I, saw, I saw Domino's, the pizza joint, are giving away pizzas to people who are actually called Karen as an apology and to get them, all the nice Karens, uh, some sort of apology and appreciation back because they're not all awful, but some of them can be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe let's change our name by Depot tomorrow and let's go, go, go and get some pizzas. Let's get a pizza. There we go. Oh, Bang. There we go. All right. Uh, well, that's a good that's a good segue because uh, the last one's all about food, is and uh, when you're so, sort of training for a marathon, which clearly hasn't hasn't been uh, cancelled yet, <laughs> even though it's in the heartland of coronavirus, which uh, I'm sort of a little bit uh, skeptical about. Yeah. Um, saw this on Twitter during the week, and uh, any anything food, uh, I'm all for. Uh, Violet crumble or Crunchy, not pass or fast, violet crumble or crunchy. It's sort of down the tomato sauce spectrum, but uh, (laughs) I saw this and went, Oh, that's 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 nearly a pole. That that that, that's violet crumble or crunchy. Interesting. (gasps) Uh, I've I I know Jay said uh, he tweeted something about violet crumble is under uh, underrated, I think he said. Um, and the fair call. I've never actually, I'll put my hand up, I've never actually tried Violet Crumble. So I'm a crunchy guy. I've never tried it. So I, is it any different? I suppose they're just the same, aren't they? They're just different names. It's like Fanta and um, and Sunkist or all that sort of crap. No, no, no. Surely no, it's the same. Totally, totally different. What's the difference? The, oh, I don't know what the technical... Um, all, all the chefs out there would know, or the, <laughs> the chocolate makers, or you know, <laughs> Daryl Lee might know. Or maybe if the Sam hasn't tried a violet crumble, well, to the, the man- violet crumble, get on board, sponsor us. To the man on the street, what is the difference? I don't get it. What's the difference? Don't well, have to be a, to, to a me, chocolatier. The, the honeycomb. The honeycomb is different. Is it? Okay. It, it seems to be the honeycomb seems to be more natural. Well, the crunchy oh. honeycomb. Has a little bit of, it's been added to a little bit fakeness, a bit, a bit of fake, a bit of pizzazz, a bit of condiments <laughs> added to it. I don't know. I'm what just, I, oh, just okay. The, I'll I can only cook spaghetti bolognese, people, and that's it. So <laughs> uh, I will switch. I will jump ship from crunchy to violet crumble only if you can guarantee that when you eat violet crumble, it is all the way through the chocolate bar. 
the same as that, you know, one side of the crunchy, which is really, like, tastes hollow, whereas, because crunchy always has two sides. There's basically, like, one that's, and it's accidental. One side is always really hard, and the other mm. side is just, like, this perfect hollow-tasting sort of um, honeycomb. So if I can be guaranteed that Violet Crumble is that soft, hollow side the whole way through the bar, oh, mate, I'm sold. If you're saying that, I think you might stick to crunchies. All right. I think. But I'm Violet Crumble. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm team Violet Crumble all the way, all the way. And uh, I think if you tried one, Sam, you would be team Violet Crumble okay. too because it, it, it's, it's, more, it it's, 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 it's more it's, – it's, it's raw. It's, <laughs> it's great. It's <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> Spent five minutes talking about crunchy or violet crumble. And the violet crumbles used to be the Sydney Kings when they used to lose. So there's another reason to like them. There's a zinger. Hey, I think that's enough. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Press Box. You and I have managed to waffle on for longer than usually when Jace is here too. So that goes to show that we need to shut up and uh, and get on to next week. There's a lot of football on the way, so we're going to have to find an appropriate time for all three of us to get together and do another show next week. So we are going to do our best to make it ASAP, but we can't guarantee that it's going to be uh, as as regular as it usually is. So good luck to us in the future because uh, we could be in real strife. Um, see you next week at some time, Dale. I reckon it might be Tuesday. It's the only day off we get, I reckon. Yeah, it could be it could be Tuesday. It could be any day that ends in a Y, people. So uh, <laughs> just, uh, just uh, keep your Twitter feed uh, refreshed. Maybe not your Instagram. I think oh. you know, that could be a bit MIA, but uh, just uh, we could pop up at any time of the week, any day of the week, and uh, just uh, keep 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 refreshing because we could pop uh, up at any time. All right, we'll make sure you know about it when we do. Hey, great to chat to you, Dale. We'll see you all uh, next week at some stage in amongst all this crazy footiness.